Okay, so what we're referring to is bending space and time, and you just referred to going forward. Okay, so here's my theory regarding that. Okay, we're just obviously spitballing. My theory is that you can go back in time, but you cannot alter or change anything that's already happened previously. Meaning you can go, you can travel back in time, you can witness an event, you can still see it, but because light has already passed, you cannot alter or change that event. That already happened, right? Like we know that already happened. So I think the ability to put yourself back in time would just require you traveling at such a speed that not only it's outside of light, because like you said, it does bend time at some, at some point because you're going back. So you're outside of light. But that's my theory. I think if, if you can travel fast enough, you can kind of hit that time lapse, you can be there and see it happen, but you cannot alternate it. Yeah, that's interesting because, and everyone referring to time travel right now, is it possible to time travel back, you know, forward? What about Andrew Carlson's case, bro? If he's 200 years in the future and he comes back to our current time, makes 126 mil in the stock market, whatever it was, off of 800 bucks, mm -hmm. that wouldn't have been in our timeline until Andrew Carlson did that in the future for 200 years. You get what I'm saying? Like Andrew no, but, Carlson. But think about if he's, if we're talking different dimensions, different planes, right? And he's potentially either in a different dimension, experiencing a parallel universe, right? You've heard about the parallel universe theory where like, there's just different dimensions of everything that's actually happening in of our course. world today, right? So like with that, I think that because it's so far in the future, kind of like the technology we're talking about right now about going back, they have advanced technology to where they can alter the future. Like he fucking used his intelligence to make money. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars with perfecting over a hundred stock market trades. Not even Nancy or Paul Pelosi are going to get that many fucking trades right, bro. Okay. And that's yeah. it. And, and not not to mention the guy asked to go back to his spacecraft after posting bail was what? never heard from again. And there's no birth records of an Andrew Carlson. Like that's just pretty crazy, bro. Okay, so there was, I sent you that video, and I also sent you this other video regarding this other gentleman, but it happened, I believe, in 1958. This man was stopped at a Japanese airport, and he went through the airport. He showed his passport. Upon checking his passport, Japanese TSA uh, officials noticed that he was from the United Kingdom of Tarain. Okay, the United Kingdom of Tarain does not fucking exist. This man went like he like was arguing with TSA employees, like saying he was trying to get back to his home country and that there are thousands of people in his home country. And the fact that he can't see it on a map like was astounding to him. OK, long story short, they end up letting this guy go eventually to reconnect with him. Same kind of thing. Disappeared. Never heard from again. Never found from again. But this literally it was documented because TSA has to document all this weird shit. But literally, a man came from an, an unknown country and tried traveling back. So, like, I think we have to open our minds that the idea that there are potential time lapses or holes here in our universe that allow other people, creatures, entities from other worlds or other dimensions to potentially travel here. But oh, we just... Yeah. How the fuck does that work, bro? I don't know, bro. And I love this conversation. You know, I go for days. But we got a little sports talk tonight. And if you want to keep hearing this type of stuff, make sure to hop over to our Degenerates Talk Conspiracy Podcast, too. We'll be right. talking a lot more about this. But, yeah, bro, kind of like with Skinwalker Ranch, just closing here real quick. We're, we've talked about portals before, you know, entities dropping into our world. So, I hear you, bro. I, I'm definitely with you that those are possibilities in our world. Yeah, absolutely insane. But like you said, uh, follow Degenerous Talk Conspiracies, um, a brand new podcast we're launching. Um, DTC, man, we're going to dive into some nitty gritty type shit. Um, but like you said, this is a sports pod and we're here to talk sports. It's late at night, as it always fucking is when we're filming <laughs> these pods, but we got plenty 
of ideas, good energy flowing. And dude, we are less than seven days away from NFL kicking off. And I'm fucking ecstatic because I've been hibernating all fucking summer. Unlike you, who's been betting baseball and watching baseball. But it's been like a, a, a new fresh light for me. You know, it's like a grizzly just coming out of the cave after a long winter's nap, man. I'm ready. No, I totally get you, man. And, uh, you know, we had a little $10. Uh, I think it paid out one point two grand. you know. So you're missing out on baseball a little bit, my guy. There's some good lines over there. But, uh, yeah, man. Football season's upon us. I think our pod is going to be primarily focused, right, about football, fantasy football here coming up. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. How how do we like this season? We're coming off a season where a lot of interesting things happened. We had a unique offseason. TB12 retired, unretired. Gronk did officially retire. Um, lots of crazy shit happening around the league. Last year we had not even last year, bro. It's this year. This past February, we had the Rams defeat the Bengals in a Super Bowl showdown. Um, let's start with that, man. I know the Rams are kicking us off. I believe they're playing the Bills for first game of the year this year or for the 2022-2023 season. Talk to me about that. Let's talk, let's talk, let's start with those two themes and then let's branch, let's branch out. Talk about some of our highlight players that we like going into this year. And uh, we'll just see where we go from there. Yeah, definitely, bro. And after we talk about, um, you know, these Bengals Rams, I do want to hop into the Christian McCaffrey conversation with you immediately. I think we should go over that too, like right after we talk about this. That's I'm I'm excited to talk about that with you. You know I am. So, but let's start with the Rams, bro. Rams and Bengals are both great teams, but the Rams – OBJ is a free agent, you know, and I know the guy got hurt, but fuck, he caught your game win Super Bowl touchdown, did he not? Right. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's a big piece for Stafford. And if he's not there, I don't know if the Rams can repeat. Right. We got to wait, wait for OBJ to get healthy. But I think the Rams are going to be a really strong team again this year, bro. Like I Bengals too. You know, you got a guy like Joey B. Cool yeah. as ice, this young in his career, bro. Worst offensive line in football don't matter. I'm still going to hit Jamar Chase in the end zone type shit, bro. So many times last year. Yeah, I mean, both of those teams are cold, bro. Like, I, I think both of them are going to be in the playoffs again this year, and we're just going to have to wait and see what happens for the end of the season runs for the Super Bowl. Yeah, you, you mentioned OBJ, one of the most gifted in the NFL, gifted hands. Um, like you said, he's a free agent, man. And uh, I definitely think, and I know we talked a little bit about before the show, but I definitely think it's a valid pickup for any fantasy team long term, for sure. Um, I know there's been rumors that there's been some recruiting, um, especially by the Denver Bronco favorites, um, to get over um, – obj to the bills yeah. and so could we see obj play with josh allen and Diggs and gabriel davis man like that could be you want to talk about a star-studded team man that could that could be really crazy there so i think like you said man both teams are going to be really great this year i know um stafford's actually dealing with some tendonitis in his arm right now um i believe he's still projected to um be first round or start um start the season but uh apparently dealing with some tendonitis hasn't been throwing this past week so we shall see if that affects him i don't know over the long time he likes to throw those deep balls man he likes to throw those deep balls but like i said man obj potentially getting recruited by von miller man bronco favorite to the bills bills mafia but crazy bro i and it's crazy you bring it up i'm gonna completely echo what you're saying with get obj on your fantasy team okay because here's the thing ladies and gentlemen he's a free agent right now he's hurt i get it if you're gonna get one of the best wide receivers in the nfl when healthy in the eighth ninth tenth eleventh round whatever it is put the fucking guy on your bench bro come the end of the season obj is an x factor for multiple teams mckay you know like if he goes to the bills that's that's a Super Bowl winning addition potentially. We saw that this year when he went from the Browns 
to L.A. And he caught the motherfucking game-winning Super Bowl touchdown. Like, does it get more X-factor than that? So, yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm really curious to see where he's going to go. Because whatever team lands him, I hope that he's healthy. But, guys, come on. We're not. We're really not going to think OBJ is not going to play football this season, are we? I mean, the guy's, the guy's a top five, unarguably, at his position when he's on. So. Agree. Agree. And you, you mentioned wide receivers. So let's talk about wide receivers plus teams. And then let's hop into the running back conversation. And just okay. go from there. I wanted to, I want to piggyback on some wide receivers. First one I want to talk to you about, Devontae Adams. Leaving MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He's leaving the Packers. He's with he's in Las Vegas. Brand new team, brand new stadium, brand new fans, brand new QB. But Carr and Adams actually have a history of playing together and they're saying that due to this nature that he's going to fit right in line with the offense over in Las Vegas. Thoughts on Adams, thoughts on Carr. Is this going to be just as a destructive duo as Rodgers and Adams? Or are you thinking we're going to need to see this progress a couple games and we'll see where they're at the end of the season? No, that's a great question, dude, because I have been a big Derek Carr is underrated guy. You know, he's a good quarterback. He gets the job done. He's got a good old line in front of him. Who was his best receiver last year? Henry Ruggs before the whole incident? I mean, yeah. did he have – he didn't have anyone like Devontae ever. And you're giving this guy a, an elite wide receiver like him? I think there's going to show two things, McKay. I think it's going to show how good Devontae Adams is, right, and how much it's going to elevate Carr's game. But the other side of this is Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his boy anymore, bro. Like, how is Aaron Rodgers going to look this season without – you know, Devontae Adams. He's got Romeo Dupes, Alan Lazard, as you mentioned earlier. So, yeah, man, this is that's definitely a triangle between Carr, Rodgers, and Adams that I'm going to be keeping a heavy eye on this season. And I mentioned that they played together previously. So these two actually played together at Fresno State from 2012 to 2014. And so a little bit of history there. It's been a little bit. But, I mean, these guys are both at the professional level now, so – um, I think it's going to be an interesting, fun season uh, for uh, the Raiders, man. I think uh, I think they got a real shot this year, especially with Adams, such a caliber player. Um, we talked a little bit about the Rams, but I want to piggyback real quick back to them because we, we didn't talk about the other great wide receiver on the other side of the ball, and that's number one wide receiver last year. Most touchdowns, most yards. That's Cooper fucking Cup, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he dominated. There was no other way. He dominated last year, I believe, every game. I believe mm-hmm. he had a touchdown in every game. Um, but he dominated the league. I'm projecting he's going to do the same thing this year. Have that He and Stafford um, immediately hit it off really well. Um, and I'm projecting you know, he's going to do just as well. And if OBJ does not re-sign with the Rams – expect Cup to have even a higher target share. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they picked up uh, Allen Robinson, I believe, the Rams, too. Like, that's a really great addition to the squad and kind of why they were like, oh, why would we re-sign OBJ? Well, it's because Van Jefferson is in the OBJ, okay? But <laughs> before I talk about this Rams side of things, I do want to backtrack Green Bay and the Raiders real quick. I can confidently say I think Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are going to have good seasons. I can't as confidently say that about Aaron Rodgers, Mr. MVP, as sad as it is. I, I hope he puts up, but I don't know. I am confident about Carr and Adams. I don't know about Rodgers. But, yeah, bro, Cooper Cup, the most dominant wide receiver in the league last year, with without a doubt, right? Without a fucking doubt. And he's got this ability to just find open space, man. He just has this ability to get open, right? And he runs after contact. Well, and I don't see that going away. I'm with you, too. I think that Cooper Cubs going for another dominant football year this year. I don't see him declining in any sense. I love that. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. Um, Rams are going to be good. We know Rams are going to be good. It's just a matter of, like, what kind of defense they play. Uh, but enough talking about the fucking Rams, man. They're not even my team. Let's talk about some other uh, high-skill-level players. You mentioned uh, Rodgers and the Packers, okay? Let's, we're, let's just talk a little bit about the Packers for a couple of minutes, and then we'll move on to a different team. But you brought it up. 
I completely agree with you. I don't know if there's another wide receiver in that Packers squad that has that same connection as Adams and Rodgers had. Now, to say, on the other hand, um, I think Alan Lazard is a dark horse this year for wide receivers for Packers. Um, he's going to be wide receiver number one for Packers. He's been the longest with Rodgers um, from a wide receiver standpoint. Um, so I do expect him to get a kind of priority target share, especially in the red zone this year. Also, another thing we have to think about, Rodgers likes to throw that deep ball. And he had a player for a, quite a while on his team by uh, Marcus um, Valdez Stantling, I believe it is. And that dude could catch deep 40, 50-yard balls. That dude is no longer with the Packers. So, again, you have to think that the the game plan moving forward from an offensive standpoint is, like you said, either shit or get off the pot. Rodgers is going to have to come in, really make an impact with his young squad, or this is going to be a, a fucking toss of a season. Yeah, and I think that there's something also to note with that game plan change. Expect A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones to be catching a lot of balls in the backfield, man. A lot of six, seven yard, because those are two of his best players. You know, arguably his two best offensive players that have shown so far. So, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting moving forward with Rodgers. Marquez Valdez scaling is actually in Kansas City now, man, with Patrick right. Mahomes. and. Yeah. That whole division, bro, Chargers with Justin Herbert, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Russell Wilson now, Derek Carr, that whole division, all those football games are going to be a lot of fun this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're keeping on the wide receiver train. I'm hopping to the other side. We're going to talk about Christian Kirk and Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Ooh, okay, hold up. Before, before, we, before we hit Christian Kirk, I like that one. Let's end on that. I gotta hit you. I gotta hit you with Tyreek Hill because we just talked a little bit about Kansas City, bro. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on this man going to Miami? Does he decline? Is he the same Tyreek? Is he a different Tyreek? Like, what What's the deal with him and Tua, man? What Talk to me. <sighs> okay. I, one, I don't know why he left Kansas City. Okay. I I and here's I'm I'm a little biased. It's funny that you're asking me this question. I might be a little biased because I've drafted Tyreek in like the previous two seasons for my fantasy and he kills it every fucking year man he, sometimes he'll put up 40 fucking points man so i'm a big tyreek fan um i don't think it is going to be the same relationship as patty mahomes i'm sorry Tui tua isn't patty they're they're two different players they're two different styles of play and um you know from an offensive line standpoint from a deep ball standpoint do I think Tyreek is still going to score touchdowns? Yes. Do I think he's still going to have great games? Absolutely. I think he's an incredible wide receiver. He's one of the quickest wide receivers in the fucking NFL. Um, you have high expectations for him. But is it going to have that Patty Mahomes behind the back flip to the side spice, dude? No, it is not. Um, but I, I think Tyreek, he's a successful player. I think he'll fit in, honestly, wherever he goes. But super bummed out to see that relationship dissolve. Yeah, man. And you bring up a good point with the long ball. It's like Tua Tagovailoa throwing to Reek. Mm -hmm. Like how much do we trust that? Is that, is that a for sure thing? Like it was with Patty? Absolutely not. You know? So I don't know. My take, man, is the Tyreek's going to decline this year and not due to his ability, you know, nothing on him. It's just more so Miami's not Kansas city. You're, you're yeah. with the fucking dolphins now, man. You did it to yourself. Hey, he's enjoying nice weather. Uh, he's in Miami, and, uh, you know, he's getting paid, I think, a little more than he was in Kansas City. So Yeah, you know, either way, I will totally eat my words if Tua, you know, just lights it up. with Yeah, with Hill, I just, I don't know. I'm skeptical right now. We're talking about potentially the best wide receiver in the NFL with a mediocre quarterback, so far proven. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're spot on with that. I would 100% say that. Um, well, I, since we're we're kind of keeping on the wide receiver train here, um, let's let's just keep down the train. And I'm gonna throw out another name for you. Are you ready for this one? Yeah, you want to hit Christian Kirk or you want to hit this new one? I don't care. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's follow back up to Christian Kirk. I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but we didn't yeah. really dive into it. So yeah. he's coming from Arizona Cardinals. 
coming from Kyler Murray. He was a wide receiver two, almost a wide receiver three. Let me remind you, Arizona had Hopkins. They had, you know, they had a really good, strong offensive side of the ball for a long time, even from a running back standpoint. And so Christian Kirk obviously just wasn't getting as many targets as I think he wanted or needed. Now, guess what? All throughout summer training camp, he is wide receiver number one. And guess what? Trevor Lawrence is throwing to him at least 70% of the fucking time. And so you expect from a QB perspective, he has the most confidence in Christian Kirk as a wide receiver. Yeah, man. I'm glad that you brought this name up because we both agreed that this guy's a dark horse this year. I mean, especially in PPR leagues, bro. Even if he's picking up five or six yards here or there, bro. Lawrence is looking for Kirk. And we're talking about a guy, too, who missed a fair amount of the last season in Arizona. He's coming off of injury, basically. So I feel like people are kind of sleeping on Kirk. Like, I see where his ADP is, average draft position. It's like, guys, we're talking about someone who's at least going to get minimum five, six targets a game, upwards of 11, 12 targets per game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm big with you on the Christian Kirk bandwagon this year. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, you haven't really proven it to me, but fuck, you got to complete some passes. And I'm expecting, you know, a lot of those to be through Kirk. Absolutely. And Lawrence is no longer in that rookie season. He's progressing. He's getting better. He's healthy. He's feeling good. The one thing I will say about this Jacksonville Jaguar team, okay, I a lot of people are still high up on Marvin Jones Jr., Okay, from another wide receiver standpoint. This is my personal take. With Christian Kirk in the mix, bro, I've had a couple people ask me about this. And some people drafted Marvin Jones Jr. last year. Okay. And was like, oh yeah, he was a good player. I would advise maybe holding him off and not drafting him as high as maybe you would have last year. Just for the reason that we're just so high on Christian Kirk this year. Right. No, I could totally agree with you on that. Um since you threw a name out, the no draft zone, I guess we'll call it. I'm going to throw a no draft zone out too real quick. little side topic here. Don't draft Najee Harris this year. Just don't do it. Like, I'm, I, I know that he's a first round back, right? And I know he's going to go high. But I'm telling you, in your first round, don't waste it on Najee, bro. Like, he had a hell of a season last year. Big Ben is the quarterback. This is the first year in, what, 72 years Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been the Steelers quarterback? Like, they're going to be struggling, man. I don't expect this offense to be marching down the field, you know, getting a lot of touchdowns, opportunities for Najee. He may still be a workhorse. I just don't think that we're going to see a lot of offensive productivity out of Pittsburgh this year. That's a good point. I like that. That's a that's a good take. New quarterback, I you, you can't have high expectations for that. Yeah, bro, and, like, I'll even throw this out here now. I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a better season than Najee Harris, and I know that his ADP is, you know, 15 guys below him. But, yeah, man, I am a big don't-draft-Najee guy this year. That, that's I like that you pulled up with, uh, another name, and I want to run with it. And maybe this takes us into our, uh, our uh, running back topic. Um, but you brought him up. Saquon, bro. Saquon yeah. has – been injured has been hurt um has not been able to play a full season i honestly can't remember in how long but with that being said he's coming into this season with high expectations especially from the giants staff daniel jones back at quarterback to be honest with you man giants don't have a lot of weapons from an offensive standpoint um they're definitely in rebuilding mode right now um, but I am high up on Saquon. I drafted him this year. Um, you know, I'm doubling down on what you're saying. I think if he stays healthy this year, he could be the Giants offense, like the whole offense. Yeah, yeah. I would have to disagree with you to a slight degree there, but like definitely a large majority of their offense, right? Like Daniel Jones, I mean, I guess you're rolling with him, New York. He's your guy, right? Like, fuck, I guess if you want him, but... He's got some weapons, man. He's got Kadarius, Tony, you know, Sterling Shepard's getting old. And a big one is Kenny Galladay, my guy, you know. But you have to think, but those guys are, you have two. Okay, so you mentioned two players. Let's say those two players are what, in the top 25, top 50, if we're giving gracious, being gracious with that. Even then, they're going to be fucking locked down in man-to-man defense. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, you're you're not wrong. And on the flip, Galladay's been having butterfingers, bro. Like, he's supposed to be that Jeez. guy. Galladay, bro? You tell me who wins that matchup. Oh, Ramsey every day, dude. You know, you're you're dumping the ball to Saquon for five or six, you know. Um, and here's the other thing that scares me just a tiny bit with Saquon. Not a lot, but Daniel Jones likes to run. So I know Daniel Jones is going to be getting some rushing touchdowns this year, bro. I mean, it's just expected, right? A, guy, a quarterback that likes to run, he's going to hit the end zone. So it's going to be interesting to see how that scheme plays out, you know, in the red zone, you know, within 10 yards. Is Jones going to be doing it? Is Saquon? I'm sure that I'm hoping Saquon, you know, gets those touchdowns. But I expect Jones to at least munch a couple of those throughout this season. But 100%, McKenna. Saquon is the offense. He is the motor. He is the guy that should be touching the ball. And he's posted two seasons now of 12-plus games. So, like, yes, he was injury-plagued, but he has proven these past two seasons, like, hey, I can get on the football field majority of the season, which is a great sign. Right, right, absolutely. Definitely one of those backs that can certainly carry an offense, no doubt. Now we got to talk about another back that carries offense. And uh, I know we got a couple to talk to but I'm starting with the Iron Man himself, uh, the boy from Tennessee, Derrick Henry. Um, I think this is always a solid draft pickup. Um, honestly, early, Henry's a beast. Dude's an animal. Like, just looking at his size, he continues to dominate. He got hurt last season, though. What? He was out for a couple weeks there, which you always – I mean, you never, you never want to see that. Um, you know, even, even if it's small couple weeks out kind of thing, it's just Henry's such a big guy, dude, you know, big trees fall hard kind of thing. You know, you don't want him to injure his body, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I, I like Henry. I've always liked Henry. I certainly think he carries the Titans offense. I think they play differently without him. Tannehill plays differently, but I think in order for the Titans to make a statement this year and they fucking lose. In the wild card game every year, in order for them to make a statement this year, they have to win a fucking playoff game. They have yeah. to, bro. Yeah, well, there's a couple of different things we can dive into with this. Um, I want to start with Derrick Henry's injury. He broke his foot, McKay, and he's a running back, you know, so... Mm -hmm. That concerns me, bro. It's like, is Derrick Henry still going to be that freight train or is that broken foot? You know, big trees fall hard, bro. Like, that's a big dude. Like, that recovery is going to be hard, you know? And on that topic, Ryan Tannehill is the problem. Like, I, I cannot believe you're rolling with this guy again after the wild card game last year. You had the best rushing defense in the league versus the worst offensive line, and you still lost the football game. For one reason, it's because Ryan Tannehill threw three fucking picks, bro. Like, you win the game with a different quarterback. So, Tennessee didn't do anything this season, bro. They haven't done anything to prove that they're a better squad than they were last year. Well, you, you add Robert Woods to the system and you call it good? Like, no, my guy. You need a quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill is not that guy, in my opinion. So, I think Derrick Henry... Could possibly still be that freight train, regardless of this foot injury. But man, Tennessee, bro, you have the best rushing defense, all the pieces that you need to win a Super Bowl, except for the main one, your quarterback. And it, it shined so much last season in the wild card game. The dude threw three fucking picks, bro. They win the game without that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, so. literally. That was, I, I remember that was such a brutal game to watch, dude, because it happened so quick. I think it was the first play of the game. I'm almost yeah. positive it was the first play of the game, dude. First pass. First pass Tannehill did was an interception. Yeah. God, that's crazy. But, okay, from an offensive standpoint, they got rid, got rid of A.J. Brown this past year, right? Um, he's with a new team. They have Austin Hooper. He, yeah, that's correct. They got Austin Hooper at the tight end spot. And then they got that young buck, Cody Hollister. So – I agree with you, man. I think it's potentially a quarterback problem. Uh, we'll see if Henry if Henry's going to have to run every fucking play this year, literally. And if he does, how how durable is that foot now, right? Like it's a definitely definitely a team to be keeping a radar on. Hundred percent, I'm with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, do you want to you want to throw out another back you want to talk about? Yeah, I'd like to talk about Christian McCaffrey, good sir. Yeah. E Mac, let's talk about C Mac. What would you like to talk about C Mac? 
I don't know. We were we were dogging at each other a little bit here because we got a little conflicting views here. But what do you want to talk about, Siva? Like, I'm cool. We could start this conversation a lot of different ways. Yeah, no. Uh, let's start with C-Max stays healthy. How many touchdowns does he score this year? He stays healthy? Mm-hmm. He I, stays- I, give, I give him upwards of potentially 15. 15 touchdowns this year. Now yeah. I ask you, if C-Max stays healthy, where does he end at the end of the year for running back standpoint? Oh, I mean, in a PPR league, if he stays healthy and plays every game, he's going to be the number one running back because of volume, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. And I know, I know you were saying before the show you thought C Mac maybe shouldn't deserve to be in the top five, right? And like I'm, I'm respectful of that take. I, I just need to hear a little bit of expanse on that again here. For yeah, I'm happy to expand on that. That's a great question. I just want to, I just want to reiterate the question that was asked. The question that was talked about was whether or not C Mac was a draftable top five running back for a fantasy league this year. And Brad Bear and I had difference of opinion on this, which is totally okay, which happens a lot, which we love because we're not the same fucking person. That's the great thing. Um, I don't think C-Mac was a draftable top five running back. I, I think probably eight out of 10 would disagree with me, but here's the thing. And here's why I believe that I believe from a fantasy standpoint, I love C-Mac. I think C-Mac's awesome. He's incredible. I've seen him live i fucking like you know like he went to high school at our high school so it's a little different but honestly he's been hurt and i just have to take that with a grain of salt and take that to reality i drafted c mac two years ago the season he was hurt man i didn't get any points from him how to drop him that was terrible that was really that that really sucked if c mac stays healthy i think it could be a really great season but from a standpoint of draftability um i wasn't going Gonna, I wasn't going to draft him in my top five running backs. And I think there's other running backs that I think have just been maybe a little more consistent or even a little more healthier that I would I would draft over him just because I think, you know, backs are their bodies are hit the toughest, man, you know, and, and C-Mac just from a experience standpoint, you know, he hasn't had the healthiest two seasons, so. Yeah, and that's totally fair, man. And I think that we can both agree that the game of football every year is just evolving to a faster, harder-hitting game. And we're seeing that, bro. The king got hurt last year. The king, King Henry, broke his foot for fuck's sake. Like, if you can hurt that guy, you can hurt anyone. Iron Man. <laughs> C Mac, his second injury last year, he got speared on the side and he broke his rib for fuck's sake. You know, that's hard-hitting contact right there. So here's my thing, though, dude, is C-Mac 2017 through 2019 didn't miss a fucking game, okay? He played every single NFL game. College, man's never got hurt. He had a minor injury towards the combine, which held him out of doing the combine, if you remember that. Right, right. But in high school, he never got hurt. So my whole thing is Christian's a smart guy. He knows how to take a hit. If we look at his previous injury, it was due to a teammate, Robbie Anderson, sitting in the end zone. C-Mac didn't want to run him over like a freight train. And dude fucked his ankle up. He was out 10 weeks for it, you know? So I know he's only played 10 games in the previous two seasons. That is concerning. But, bro, when you watch this guy hit the holes, you know, when you see the volume that he could be creating with an offense, when you see how he takes hits... I just don't see this guy having another season of injury. Like, I just feel that there's this fire and hunger inside him for him to prove that he belongs in that elite core running backs again. And I think he's going to do it. I could be wrong. NFL is a hard-hitting sport. Anything can happen. But shit, man. If this guy stays healthy, plays 16 games this season, there's no fucking doubt in my mind he's finishing RB1, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah, that's a that's a good take for sure. That's a good take, and you you hit it right on the nose, dude. That's that was just the biggest red flag. Ten games in the last 30, 32 plus games. That's it. And so you just look at that. NFL seasons are short, right? Sixteen games, you know, minimum. Sometimes eighteen, nineteen if you're if you're moving on to the playoffs. And then on top of it, fucking Carolina's running a brand new offense with Baker and Darnold. So. 
You got Seymour turning from injury. You want him to be healthy. You got Robbie Anderson, who's wide receiver number one in Carolina, who's currently questionable for week one. And so, and then you got Baker, you know, who I'm a fan of. I'm a total big fan of Baker. I really am. I know a lot of people aren't, but, you know, I, I'm a fan of Baker and I hope he balls out in Carolina, but there's just so many factors, you know, that got to play into that. And that, those were just my biggest red flags. No, and those are totally fair, man. But like, shit, let's go down the rabbit hole a little bit more, man. Baker Mayfield, you know, I'm not a fan of him, especially after this past year. And you said Robbie Anderson's your wide receiver one. Tell me that's not a fucking problem, my guy. Like, you need someone better than Stick Boy Robbie running the <laughs> wide receiver one, bro. Like, I think I think DJ Moore is right behind him. I think. Yeah, DJ Moore. Okay, there we go. But to to think that. Baker Mayfield, who I know had a collarbone issue last year, was dealing with another injury, saying he was just playing through like a dog. Like, okay, respect to you, man. But to get a worst offensive line, worst wide receiver weapons, like, why is he going to shine? Like, I watched so many clips of him last year, McKay, airmailing Jarvis, airmailing OBJ, throwing it at their feet. Like, the guy was just bad. I think his quarterback rating was potentially the lowest in the league, you know? So you move a guy like him to Carolina, I'm pulling for you. I hope you find your stroke. I want C-Mac to go off, you know? But I'm skeptical, man. I'm skeptical of Baker Mayfield carrying that Carolina team. I hope he does, man. I really hope he fucking does. I think it's just – I think kind of like what you're talking about, C-Mac, you know, just coming back with fire. That last season for Baker, Cleveland was hell, bro. Like, they had a very brutal relationship. A lot of people didn't like Baker at the end. The whole OBJ incident, like, it just ended in bad blood. So I think Baker kind of, like, he's got to come out with a chip on his shoulder and prove, dude, he's that fucking dude that, you know, was that hot shot that everybody thought he was going to be. You know, like, we don't want another Johnny Manziel, right? Like, right? So. It's it's evolving into a very similar story so far. And. You know, you mentioned the relationship with Cleveland. I know Mike Stefanski stepped in as the offensive coordinator over there in Cleveland, and OBJ's target share went down nearly 33%. So I also question his style of offense. So maybe Baker getting out of that, you know, maybe toxic environment, so to say, is going to help him. But yeah, man, I'm skeptical. It's something that is uh, on my radar. Top three things, you know, that I'm keeping an eye on is this Carolina Panther team. Is Baker that guy? And is Christian going to stay healthy? Regardless, I think it's going to be fun to watch Carolina this year, right? Like C-Max playing. We hope all season. Baker has the opportunity to ball out. This is a new Carolina team. I kind of like it. Could be, it could be sick. And you got Sam Darnold to throw in the mix just to just to make it a little icy. I like it, dude. I think that's sick. Uh, we got to talk about an old reliable team because not much changed with this one. Uh, Tom Brady, he's fucking back with the Bucks, bro. They barely lost in a playoff game last year. Came down to the what? The final forty seconds. Um, TB12's back. He got Julio Jones added to the roster from a wide receiver standpoint. But other than that, not much has changed. They lost Gronkowski this offseason. Gronk's taking at least a year off, um, according to his agent. But where do you see the Bucks ending again this year? Do you see them going just as far as last year and potentially taking it? Oh, yeah. I mean, they still got Paul Pierre, or Pierre Paul on the defensive side of things, looking sound defensively. You got the GOAT at QB. Also added Russell Gage, you know, interesting. We'll see what that happens. Guy didn't want to play last season, as you know, for Atlanta. But, yeah, man, we could talk about Cleveland new quarterback, Atlanta new quarterback, fucking Marcus Mariota starting again in the league, potentially, bro, you know. But, yeah, like, with all that said, Tom Brady's that guy. He's going to get you. He's going to get you 10 wins. He's going to get you the playoffs. And he's going to get you a chance to win a fucking ring. You know, like Bill Uh, Belichick or not. Just recently rated top number one out of top 100 NFL players. Number one out of top 100 NFL players. I mean, the guy is basically MJ on the football field, you know, from a mental standpoint. Mental toughness. Nobody's better. No one. No one. No one. He's so, yeah, a, man, I, I like Tampa for sure in the playoffs this year and potentially to make another run. Yeah, yeah, I, I honestly, 
line, let's say maybe potential high line, maybe not a high line, over under 12 and a half games. 12 and a half. Woo. Oh, man, bro. Maybe, let, me, maybe, let me see what it's at right now. Let me maybe you- 11 and a half. I, I bet the line's at 11 and a half. But I, I could see 13 wins for the Bucks, no doubt about it. All right, let's see. All right, I'm pulling it up right now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, futures. Here we go. All righty. Pulling up recent odds. So these odds are actually pulled from DraftKings here. Okay, here we go. So if we were going to do future props, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gosh, dude. So they're playing the Cowboys first game of the season. And I don't know if you remember, but you and I bet on this game two years ago, I want to say. They started off, I'm pretty sure it was Tampa Bay and um, um, Dallas. And I'm pretty sure you and I both got crushed on this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, man. The Cowboys, they're really good at losing me money. <laughs> Honestly, dude, most dis- most disappointing team across all franchises in sports, dude. They have spent the most money with zero to show for it, dude. I know you like them, but come on. You gotta, when facts hit the wall, you gotta accept it, my guy. They need a fucking ring, bro. They've spent countless of dollars for nothing no they have they fucking have i don't i fucking get it um okay so it's it's loading right now but we're still i still think it's going to be relatively high i don't know if it's going to be as high as 13 and a half. yeah i mean i'm thinking anywhere from 10 and a half to 12 and a half i'd be pr- pretty surprised if it was 12 and a half though uh you could you could have hit it on the head though all right. All right, here we go. Pulling from the lines.com. Okay, so this is the future we have for Buccaneers betting. All right, prop bets for this year. Let's see. Buccaneers 2022 offseason Okay, we're their favorite at minus two and a half, it looks like, in every game from a point total standpoint. A lot of their games from a point total point standpoint. Bucks went record at the spread last year. They went twelve and five. They won twelve games last year. Won lost five. That was last year, and it's too much of a future line. They haven't dropped it yet, unfortunately. So I probably sorry for wasting everyone's fucking time. <laughs> that's my personal line, everyone. I just told you Bucks went twelve and five last year. Um, I'm gonna say I don't know, bro. Wouldn't if they went twelve and five last year, the line probably went down. But just for shits, I'll keep my line at 12 and a half games. Maybe the Bucks win 13 games this year. Yeah, I'm also checking here for you guys. It doesn't look like we have a team total released yet. You yeah, know, so. I think it might be too early. Um, but with that, dude, if we're talking about team totals, team wins, we got to hop over to a local team, a.k.a. the Denver Broncos, bro. They got a new quarterback, Russell Wilson. Uh, got Drew Locke out of here last year. He's going to be starting for Seattle. And funny enough, dude, Denver Broncos first game home season. Denver opener against Seattle Seahawks. Um, the line right now is for uh, Broncos to win by minus six and a half. Um, dude, I think the Broncos won by two touchdowns. I think Russell Wilson is going to dominate this year. Is my? Are, do you think my expectations are too high? I no. I, I say he's going to dominate in the sense that. Denver is going to have probably the best season they've had maybe since Peyton's left. Oh, 100%, bro. And, like, no, I don't think you're off on that at all. Because when we got Russell Wilson, I wanted Aaron Rodgers as a Broncos fan. Me too. Yeah, so it's like we got Russell Wilson, and I was like, is he that guy? And I brought it up in a couple of debates. And I was like, I don't know if he's that guy. And I got smashed, bro. Russell Wilson's, you know, completion percentage, yards, QBR. Like, there's nothing in his statistics that say that he's going to be bad this year. Like, there's no decline. You know, whatever, whoever thinks Russell's declining, getting old, stop it. It just, his stats don't say that. He was in Seattle for super long. I would argue Denver's a better team, right? You know, like... I think that the weapons that they bring, both at running back and wide receiver for Russell Wilson, yeah, he's set up for a very dominant season. Okay, I'd have to agree with you. And, you know, you look at Seattle's side of things, you got Geno Smith or Drew Locke. I mean, that's 
that's about a poverty franchise at this point. You know, DK Metcalf, I, like, I don't know what's going to happen with you this season, my guy, but I don't know if the ball's going to hit your hands or, you know. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't see. Okay, okay, okay. I want to, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up. I, I have high hopes for everyone, okay? I got that positive energy, so I don't want to talk negative on anyone, okay? I don't think Drew Locke really had an opportunity here, okay? He got put in bad situation after bad situation, was constantly under pressure, and guess what? He couldn't perform under that pressure. He really couldn't. And maybe arguably, he didn't he didn't have the right support system behind him to do that kind of thing. You know, over in Seattle, I hope he does do decent, man. You know, like I hope he plays okay. Do I think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback? 100%. I've already seen a lot of changes in the locker room. People are already commenting on how his leadership has gotten the Broncos like riled up, like they're ready for a winning season. So, dude, I'm excited for Broncos this year. I think they got a real shot of, you know, I think what, what do we say the line? At a, again, we don't have any future lines. What would you say, like over eight and a half? Oh, I'd I'd hammer that if that was the Broncos line. I think you got to put it at least nine and a half, potentially ten and a half. Like I, we're a ten we're a ten win team. You know that's the way I see it. But I do wanna I wanna bring it back. I wanna go toe to toe with you on Drew Locke real quick, bro. Dude's not a good quarterback. Like I don't care. You not know, the best. no. It's just like your perception. You said he wasn't really given a chance here. He had all this pressure, bro. Like what's changed in Seattle, right? Like he gets traded to Seattle. He's got to perform to get the starting job. He throws three touchdowns in preseason with three interceptions. His completion percentage was around 60%. You know, the guy is just not a smart quarterback, in my opinion, which I think hinders his, like, physical abilities all there. The guy could throw the ball 100 yards if he wants to. It's a matter of that mental toughness, like we talked about with Tom Brady. And I don't think Drew Locke has that. And I think the pressure's still on him, bro. He was trying to get a starting job this year, and he lost to Geno Smith. You know, like, dude's going to be holding the clipboard to start the season instead of being on the field. You know what? For the third straight year? I mean, I I feel like the opportunities have been given to this guy. I just don't know if he can amount to, like, that standard, you know, and step up. I I could be wrong. We might see some Drew Locke this season, but we know week one we're going to be seeing Geno. No, no, and no. Pete Carroll's made it super clear that it's it's very much a one v like it's a one v one from a QB standpoint. And here's why I don't say he didn't have a chance, bro. I will go fully on the record and say that Vic Fangio was probably the worst decision the Broncos made from a coaching standpoint. So I don't see if you could have put a real coach behind Drew Locke, gave him the right right resources. We had a fucking ex defensive coordinator trying to coach the fucking team. And that you, it didn't matter what quarterback you put in with Vic Fangio. We went through four of them, bro. All four. You're telling me zero out of four just didn't work out? No, nah, some of that's got to fall on the offensive coordinator. Some of that's got to fall on the head coach. Like, you got to make things work. And the fact that we went through so many quarterbacks in that amount of time and the fact that Vic Fangio had a losing record that tells me he didn't know how to coach, bro. And he didn't know how to support his quarterback. Pete Carroll, though, Pete Carroll might turn Drew Locke into a decent, a decent backup QB, too. Yeah, and it's not to say that he couldn't be a QB1. Um, just based off of, you know, the eye test, what I've seen watching that player, he's got a cannon of an arm. But sometimes he just doesn't throw the ball where it's supposed to go. Missing wide receivers, straight to fucking cornerbacks, hands, safeties. And even in a small sample size, in Seattle, in the preseason, a one-to-one touchdown-interception ratio isn't going to get a job done in the NFL. If you're throwing a pick for every touchdown you throw, your team's not going to win the ball game most of the time. You know, like you can't be wasting possessions like that. So that's a small sample size. But yeah. I think Pete Carroll's making the right choice starting Drew Locke on the bench this season. But let's see, man. Let's see what a good coach can do for a young quarterback. Because I hear you yeah. on that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you got to give him a chance. I don't think you can knock, you know, the way he played or anything like that. I think it really just comes down to coaching and whatnot. And I guess to give a lot, and we don't we can move on from this after. But Locke had a couple touchdowns for the Broncos. 
as a as almost he, he ran the ball, you know. So he, he was decent at running the ball, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, which if you could just develop a decent arm, make him a little more accurate, dude, he could be a decent, you know, I don't know, put him in the categories of Lamar Jackson, right? Even if he's running the ball a little more than he's throwing it, you know, I still think there's opportunities. So. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching the guy since he was at Mizzou, you know, so I got to see him in person at that stadium. And my opinions hold the same, you know, like, dude is good has all the ability in the world. It's just a matter of that mental toughness. And you know from college football to NFL how much faster the game is, you know? And, like, you got to have it up here, bro. And that's the thing with me. All the ability in the world, show me the mental toughness. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. Well, I know we're, we're getting close to an hour here, and I know we're going to wrap it up. But, bro, I want – we're just having such a good show tonight. I'm super happy with everything we've talked about. We got to talk about broaden it. Let's talk about, let's get a little opinionated and let's broaden the topic. Let's talk about the team that's going to shit the bed this year. What team is everyone got high hopes on that's just, in your opinion, they're, they're all fucking in pixie land and they don't, they're all seeing mirage and shit. What team's going to shit the bed this year? What team does Carson Wentz start for again? Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, bro. All right, you you go first. Give me a team, and I'm going to marinate on that real quick. Uh, so you got, anyone, God. you got anyone off the top I, I, of your head, bro? No, that's why I just fucking threw the question to you, you fuck. God. All right, bro. Carson, I'm looking. Okay, let's talk about Carson Wentz since you brought it up as you're, while you're marinating. Okay. okay. Okay, so Carson Wentz played with Indianapolis last year. Came out, started to be a decent QB early on in the season, and somewhat like a fucking missile just got dropped from the sky and just decreased from like halfway, midway point of the season all the way through the rest of the season. Just crashed and burned. I feel so bad for Carson Wentz because I think at one time Carson Wentz for the Philadelphia Eagles was that fucking guy. He was that guy. Everybody was like, dude, Wentz is that guy. But now, man, he is with the Washington Commanders. Um, I don't know how many seasons he's played now. He's hopped around the league, certainly did not do what he was supposed to do in Indianapolis last year, which is why they got rid of him. But, I mean, you brought him up. The Washington Commanders, man, what, they got J.D. McKissick. They got two, what, one or two other players, but they're not a team that anyone's really worried about. And I don't really think that anyone batted an eye when someone said, oh, the, oh, the commanders are signing Carson Wentz, you know? No, yeah. I mean, commanders, it'll be interesting, man. You got Antonio Gibson, who a lot of people are kind of fading this year. And I, I don't know if that's a necessary fade. I'm not sold that Antonio Gibson is not going to have, like, a great season. Because I think that guy's a dog, right? So... If Carson can match that, I, Commanders could be a decent team this year. I, I don't know, like, playoff-worthy? We'll see. They might be towards the cusp there. But, again, it all hinges on your quarterback. Is is Carson Wentz going to be that guy, or is he going to be Carson Farce, you know? So, we're just going to have to wait and see. But, my guy, I found a good one okay. for yeah. a team. You marinated. You marinated. I did marinate. I looked through the whole league, bro. And most every every single team – of the top two, I'm thinking in divisions are going to be good, solid again, except for one team. And you know who that one team is, McKay? The Pittsburgh Steelers, my guy. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to have a winning record. I think Big Ben, how much he gave to this team, how much he showed, you know I'm a massive Big Ben fan. We can go back and check the tapes, boys. It's been a couple years. Big Ben was irreplaceable and you're gonna have somebody step in to try and fill a job that has been done so well for over a decade so i'm i know pittsburgh's got one of the best defenses in the league but expect a lot of low scoring football and probably a lot more losses this season than the last for the pittsburgh Steelers. so that is my team that i think is not going to hold the expectation so they got mitch trubisky as potential qb1 but they also got drafted Kenny Pickett, who has this potential there. But you're saying that QB spot is not going to be filled this season. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I saw Mitch connect with Deontay on a nice 43-yarder, and then Deontay got hurt after. Fucking stupid playing your starters in preseason. But, yeah, man, I, I just don't see it. I don't see anyone doing what Ben could. I think that he... Stayed in the pocket, made so many passes in the clutch, you know, down to the last two-minute drill type shit that Pittsburgh's going to be missing this season. And I don't care how good Najee Harris is, right? Like, you you need a good quarterback with that, too. And I don't know if Mitch is that guy. I don't know if Pickett's that guy. We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, man, they were 9-7-1 and last year. I'm expecting a losing record from the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Might be 7-9-1. and mm-hmm. Hopefully we don't get another tie. I hate ties in football. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely terrible. Well, speaking of ties, the rules change now, right? The overtime rule for the um, – I think we've actually talked about this previously when they changed at the end of the season. But we'll see if that affects games this year now that teams will have an equal opportunity to – an overtime to each score. Because that determined the factor in a lot of games last year. You know? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so happy the rules changed. Because if we look back to that Bills-Chiefs game, man – the Chiefs that's, wouldn't have been going forward, bro. There's that's no the most, most tragic end to a sporting event I think I've ever seen. Your first no. touchdown wins? Are you fucking kidding me? We're in a shootout here. Everyone's fucking scoring a touchdown yeah. every drive. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. So, okay. That's okay. Good stuff. So I've marinated. I've marinated. And the team that I am not as high on, that I think a lot of other people are on. And I think it stems from the quarterback that I'm not a huge fan of. And I believe that's the Los Angeles Chargers. I I am not a huge fan of Austin Eckler. I drafted him two seasons ago, and I just think he became super inconsistent. I know there's some injuries there. Uh, But I also don't have a huge confidence or faith in Herbert, bro. Like, honestly, I just don't. He's, He's a young buck. Everyone fucking said last year, this is Herbert's year. He's going to be in the MVP. And the dude didn't, the dude played like any average Joe. Like there was nothing special from a quarterback standpoint. And the fact that they didn't even make it into the fucking playoffs, are you kidding me? Well, we've already established that division stacked, and it's going to be even more stacked this year with the addition of Russell Wilson and Devontae Adams. But man, that, that means they have to play even better than everyone. I, I could I could hear you on them not making playoffs, but I, I disagree on the slander to Herbert. I think that that guy's hey, got no all slander. the tools. No slander. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I, you're saying he's just like any average quarterback out there. I, I would just disagree. He's got a good arm. He can run. And he's got Mike Williams, who I'm hoping is going to stay healthy with Cooper Cup. Or, excuse me, not Cooper Cup. Um, Keenan Allen. And then Austin Eckler was a dog last season. I don't see that declining in any way. I've seen Austin Eckler go number two in some drafts, you know. Yeah, if he stays healthy. But I'll agree with you. Chargers to the playoffs is is a stretch. I think it's possible, but it's a stretch. Let me say this. Let me say this. I would take the Raiders, Derek Carr, and Devontae Adams over Herbert, Eckler, and the Chargers. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's going to be fun, dude. That I mean, all of, all four of those teams that we're talking about, dude, are just dog teams this year. So, yeah. That, that's my uh, that's my potential. I think they'll have – maybe they don't have a losing record, but I don't see them making it to the playoffs this year. Hell, yeah. And I can respect that in, with all the divisional play coming upon them. Like, Herbert's got three dog quarterbacks, and I'm considering Carr a dog, especially with Devontae Adams hooking back up with him. So, yeah, I can respect that take for sure. Okay, okay, so we talked about the shit. Now we got to talk about the high hopes. This can be a team that we, we kind of know is maybe going to be in the high hopes, but maybe give me a sleeper team that you're like, no, dude, this team is going to be a team to watch out for this year. Shit, bro, can I, can I say the Denver Broncos, man? Yeah. Like, okay. I, think, I think the people are sleeping, bro. I can see a 12-win season from us with Russell Wilson. We got Jerry Judy. We lost Tim Patrick for the year, which really yeah. hurts, but – we got Cortland Sutton. We got Alberto. We got two dog backs and Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Javante Williams has the most yards after contact out of any running back in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, if we're going to get eight, nine wins with Drew Locke and two glove Teddy Bridgewater, like, why are we not going to get 10, 11, 12 with Russell Wilson? You know, like, it, our defense is solid. 
you know, people come into Mile High, they're exhausted when they play. It's just, it, to me, all the pieces are there for a good Broncos season this year. So I'm going to put them in the playoffs, and I'm going to put them, I'm going to put them 13-4, and four, bro. I was going to say 12-5, and five, but I think the Broncos are going to win 13 games this season. 13-4? and four? Yeah. Wow. I mean, probably, probably like 11-6, but... Since they're my dark horse team, let's let's fucking throw a hot take out on the pod. Broncos finished thirteen and four. Ooh, that was juicy, bro. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that I think that's I think that's a good take, bro. I, I'm super optimistic. Like I, I know we already talked about it. So I'm super optimistic for the Broncos. So Yeah, bro. How about you? You got any dark horse teams, you know, off the top of your head right now? Gosh, dude, you know, I, I really just think I'm going to just hit it home with, dude, I think the Bills, man, I just really think the Bills are going to be dominant this year. You hit it on the head when you when you talked about that game with the Chiefs. I think that game could have gone, that was a flip of a fucking coin, especially with the rule change. Literally a flip of a fucking coin. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, exactly. But with the addition of the defense, Von Miller, out and Bill's Mafia now. I saw incredible fucking wide receiver work, not only from Josh Allen, but dude, his his wide receivers, dude, Gabriel Davis, dude, talk about a dark horse player. That dude is potentially a great flex to have. That dude, I think, scored like three or four touchdowns in one game last year. So not only does Allen have, you know, plus he's got Singletary, he's got, you know, other great additions to that team, dude. I just think Bills Bills are going to be good. Bills are going to be good this year. Yeah, and um, there's another back who's a rookie who could take Singletary's job too. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Real dog though, bro. He's going to be he's going to be nice. Someone to keep an eye on. Thing with the Bills in fantasy though is Jared Allen's got so many targets. It's like you don't know who's going to get the touchdowns. I remember Dalton Knox, you know, getting a couple touchdowns in games. Yeah. You know, so. He's got so many weapons and so many options where it's like, is Gabriel Davis going to be a good flex? You know, is Stefan Diggs going to be that guy? It's like they have the potential and ability, no doubt, but there's just so much offense and firepower to be split amongst all those players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, what do you think of Zach Moss for Singletary? No, bro. I'll look it up here really quick. There's a rookie that just got drafted to Buffalo. Who's oh, the, the rookie that got drafted? Yeah. I think the rookie that got drafted, his name was Taiwan Jones. Is that him? I thought it was Taiwan. Oh, his name is James Cook, my guy. It's oh, Dalvin geez. Cook's little brother. Okay, okay. Yeah, so Dalvin Cook's little brother's in the league now, and he's looking to make some noise. And Dalvin so. Cook, for people who don't know, is a fucking animal out of Minnesota. That yeah. dude can run the ball. Yeah, so James Cook is definitely gunning for Singletary's starting job. Um, and I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think Singletary's a dog. So, yeah, that's, that's a lot of firepower in that offense. I totally agree with you that I think Buffalo's – to the moon this year for sure playoffs potential super bowl contenders i love it i love it now it's way too early to fucking call this way too fucking early to call this but if way you too had early. To, way if, too early. if you had to if you had to if you were to be like you know what based on preseason these are the two teams that are looking to be the best out of summer camp let's say that out of summer camp two best teams out of summer camp and maybe I'll start to, to just get your mind rolling and marinating. Fucking Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, I believe they went undefeated in summer camp. Yeah, bro. The the Ravens actually hold the record for the longest preseason wins. And, like, you know, Harbaugh takes it. 23? Yeah, Harbaugh takes that shit so seriously, bro. And if you remember, they had uh, someone – Tear their ACL preseason was out the whole season. Um, oh, running back for him, yeah. So I don't know, man. Ravens definitely look nice. Um, I, I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Bills and I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers with the addition of Julio Jones and Russell Gage. TB12. I think both of those teams are fire out of summer camp. Not Super Bowl predictions. Too early yet. Yeah. But- Good team. Two best teams. Yeah, I'll take Tampa and I'll take Buffalo. Good teams. All right. Well, we're getting ready to wrap it up. 
It's been just about an hour. I've enjoyed this so much, man. Talking fucking shop, talking a little football. Like I said, it's September 1st today. We're coming out of hibernation very soon. So excited for NFL. But, dude, that is going to wrap up tonight's episode, man. Um, We appreciate all you degenerates for tuning in tonight, listening to a little football talk, a little NFL preseason action. Um, But thank you all for listening. Bradbury, you got anything you want to say? Nah, man, other than that, I am so excited for this first football Sunday, dude. I just can't wait. It's, 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 I know we talk about March Madness being the... What Sunday is it? You said what? what? When do they start again? What Sunday is it? They start on 9-11 this year. Okay. Yes, yeah. 9-11, September 11th. So, I know we talk about March Madness being the second Christmas of the year. Shit, can football... Yes. First football Sunday be the third Christmas of the year. Like, goddamn, bro. It doesn't get much better. No, absolutely. You hit it on the head. We've been eagerly waiting for this shit. Uh, a bunch more football content coming your way for sure. But with that, we're going to wrap up this little sideshow. This was a degenerate talk football, man. That's what this was. This was DTF. And we're not down to fuck, but we're down to talk football, all right? And so that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. You can follow me at McKay Armbrust on Twitter, Instagram, follow um, the show DTS, as well as our new pod. We we talked a little bit about it early on, gave you guys a little hint as to the crazy fucking shit Bradbury and I are talking about. We're talking fucking quantum mechanics, space shit, out of this world type shit. It's going to be a dope ass podcast. Please tune into that. That's dropping next fucking week. That's right. Brand new series. Degenerous Talk Conspiracies. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for following. Bradbury, where can the people follow you? People can follow me at Quitney Bradbury on Instagram and Quitney Tweets on Twitter. And McKay didn't give you the full scoop. We're talking president assassinations, alien ET, a time fucking travel, as you heard early on, ladies and gentlemen. That pod's going to be banging. I can't wait for that to drop. And yeah, bro, that's all I got. Hell of a pod tonight talking a little fantasy football. Absolutely. We're not fucking around when we talk about conspiracies. So so get ready for that. Get amped about that. But thank you all for tuning in. Like I said, it's been a pleasure. We will see you all very soon. Stay safe. Later. Doses.